You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. When it comes to walk in the New and Old Testament, the primary meaning of walk, figuratively speaking, is to live, to live. And David, the author of Psalm 23, shares with us a part of of his life, part of his daily walk. And before I deal with his, his daily walk at that particular time, I, I think it's important to understand that Solomon in Ecclesiastes said there is Nothing new under the sun. I want you to keep in mind when we start talking about David that what he experienced years ago we experience in the present. When it comes to life, life can be a certain way on Monday, followed by the opposite on Tuesday. That's that's life. Life can be filled with 10 different episodes in one day. You can experience 10 different changes in reference to your life in one one day. Somebody could say hello to you at 12. And at 3, somebody could cuss you out. You could be having a wonderful conversation with somebody at 10 in the morning. Six that evening, you could be having a conversation that ended with you hanging up the phone on somebody. I I mean, this is life. We have heavenly moments, but earth is not heaven. And life is filled with changes. And get this, after you done prayed for a great day. And and see, when you pray for a great day, you have to walk in that day by faith. Because folks that that planning on cursing you out, they went with you in the prayer run. So they still gonna do what they plan to do. You just can't allow them to interfere with your great day. Woo! You you have to be like David. David said, This is the day. That the Lord has made. I will rejoice. And be glad therein. You you have to learn to be happy anyhow. To be optimistic anyhow. To be cheerful anyhow. Because there are things. Circumstances and people. that, That the enemy will send. To mess up your day. Woo, as a matter of fact, why you combing your hair, sister? <laughs> Recognize this, you could mess up your own day. Woo, you're getting pretty to mess up your own day if you're not careful. Yeah, because life, again, is filled with ups and downs. And I love how David described a part of his his life. 
he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley, a low place. You've been in a low place? Figuratively, a, a, a low place is a place you really don't want to be. But God allowed you to get in that place. A place where wrong is happening, even though you want right to take place. A place where you don't have all that you need, even though you wish you had more than enough. It's a low place. It's a valley. But David not only said he was in a valley, but he described it as the valley of the shadow of death. Valley of the shadow of death. It, it basically, from a figurative standpoint, means two things. First, it means that he was in a place of depression. Depressed or battling depression. And isn't it amazing that, that we have the Holy Spirit, but depression does not count? Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is our strength, but depression does not care. It still attacks your mind. Still brings things to your mind that, that will fight you at, at staying happy. Depression will say, I want you sad. But you have to keep fighting because you don't pray that, that you will rejoice. And be happy today. But depression says, well, I'm going to fight what you prayed. I'm going to fight against you having what you desire. And so David was, was battling depression. He was battling it. And, and um, we battle depression. Oh, yeah, we do. How many in here you, you've ever battled depression? Yeah, you, you battle it. Well, and stuff will just come at your mind, and sometimes you, you try to push it away, but then it continues to come. Well, what do you do? You don't let it have its way. You just keep fighting. I said you just keep fighting. Yeah, you don't, you don't allow anything to influence you that is not connected to God. Is depression connected to God? Of course not. But God does allow things to come our way. Not for us to submit to the thing, but for us to resist it and keep walking in his will. Or to keep thinking, talking, and doing according to what is written and revealed. But it's going to come. And, and so he, he was in a place to where depression was taken place you know where, where he just didn't want to do anything didn't want to see anybody and, and society is messed up because if, if you go through depression that answer to depression is appeal but they won't tell you if you you keep taking all them pills something gonna happen to the inside of you or you're going to get to the point to where you can't stop taking the pill. Matter of fact, the pill may get to the point where it's not working. So we're going to have to give you something stronger. But God created us to the point to where we have the capacity to deal with whatever attacks us. I love the promise that Paul revealed in 1 Corinthians when he said he will not put no more on you than you can bear. It hurt, but I can handle it. It's difficult, but I'm going to make it through. It feels the way I don't like to feel, but I'm going to be okay. Weeping may endure for a night. But some joy going to come in the morning. Say to your neighbor, you're going through something. You don't want to go through. But just keep the faith. 
it's going to be all right. Give God the praise for not putting on you more than you can bear. Matter of fact, encourage somebody. Tell them, you can handle whatever you're going through. Yeah, that sickness, you can handle whatever you're going through. Some of y'all act like y'all don't believe that. Let's try it one more time. You can handle whatever you're going through. But now get this. Figuratively, the valley of the shadow of death also means calamity. Calamity. But get this. The root meaning of calamity is defeat. Defeat. Is not saying that something is has got complete victory over you but you feel as if the thing is winning Woo, you get turned down four or five times it seemed like the turn down spirit is winning <laughs> You try to do something seven, eight times and, and you still can't do it. It feels like it's winning. Yeah, you go through stuff to where it, it, it seems like the thing that's opposing you is winning. And it seems like the scripture that talks about you being more than a conqueror is not true. Woo, I wish I had some honest folks over here. I said, sometimes it don't feel like you're more than a conqueror. Sometimes it don't feel like you can do what Paul stated in Philippians 4 and 13. All things through Christ who strengthens you. Sometimes it feels like you can't. But you have to understand that the enemy is good at what he does. I said the enemy is good at things that he does or things he sends your way. But you can never negate the word of God because heaven and earth shall pass but not God's word. If God said you were a conqueror, guess what? You are a conqueror. Or more than a conqueror, you are more than a conqueror. If God told you in so many words that this too shall pass, Pass, guess what? It's going to pass. It may hurt, may feel like it will never cease, but it's going to pass. Why? God's word does not change. Can I take it further? God cannot lie. Matter of fact, the Hebrew writer said it's impossible for him to lie. But I like what Moses said in Numbers. Moses said God is not a man that he should lie, another son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Will he not bring it to pass? I wonder if I got anybody in here with the testimony of it felt like I was being defeated, like I wasn't going to win, but God turned that situation completely around. Woo, you ought to be shamed with them stingy hand claps. If God turned it around for you, give God a big praise. Put them hands together and just let somebody know he turned it around for me. Woo, he turned it around in my favor. It felt like defeat, but God brought me through. Man, you can be weak in your body and, and just feeling like the thing just going to take you down. But God can send forth a wind that will hit you from your crown to the sole of your feet. And all of a sudden you back, your strength is renewed just like the eagle. You know what I'm talking about? God is a very present help when you're going through difficulties Psalm 46 and 1 is just right but it feel like you're defeated I, you, you be like Lord I know you told me to do this it ain't working out but I know you told me to do it watch your mouth 
Don't say it ain't working. It is working out. You just don't see it working out. Sometimes God does things I like to call it undercover. It seemed like it ain't working for you, but God working it. God working that thing out. I said he working it out. You look with your natural eye. You, well, I don't guess it. You had to, uh, hold your mouth. Don't say that because God done promised you it's going to work out for your good. You just keep giving him the praise. You just keep waving your hand. You just keep talking according to what is written and revealed and watch God turn that thing completely around. God, I know you told me to go to this place. I know you told me to go do this, that, and the other. But these folk acting like they they don't know what to do, that they can't help me. But God ain't saying a word because God want to see if you're going to trust him or you're going to believe what folks say. It's a whole lot of folk don't want to give you what God told them to give you, but God is sovereign. You know what that means? He in control. But there are times where you feel as if you're not going to get the victory. Yeah. Times it feel that what you've been praying about is just not going to happen. Fight. And you know it's according to Scripture. You know it's the will of God for you to have it. And you have to be careful because sometimes when when it looks as if it's not going to happen, guess what you'll start walking in? Defeat. You ever seen a child of God walk in defeat? They in church, anointing of God everywhere, and they, they, don't, they don't clap. You talk to them, they try to say something positive, but they, but they, but they can't because they so of pessimism, negativity, to where even when they say one thing positive is followed by three things that are negative. They'll be like, yeah, God, God moving, but you know, I just wonder if you know. But yet yeah, God is good, though. He 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 good. But seemed like if he would just do it a little faster, it'd be better. But but he's an on-time God. You you met folk like that. One minute they they're positive, and the next minute they're negative. And, and you'd be like, man, they just double-minded on it. No wonder they ain't going to get nothing from God because they're talking one thing one minute and they're talking another thing another minute. What do you call that? A person that's walking in defeat. But a person that's walking in the opposite of defeat, victory, that person walks in faith. Because the person has in their being, 1 John 5 and 4, the victory that overcomes. The victory that overcomes the world. The world represents difficulties, troubles, and so forth that happen. Is our faith. God make it so simple. Walking away, you're going to overcome what you're battling physically is through your faith. Walking the way you're going to overcome what you're going through financially is your faith. Walking the way you're going to make your enemies your footstool is your faith. The victory that overcomes the world is our faith. But sometimes defeat can seem like it not only has the upper hand, but it's going to get the victory. And see, as a, as a free moral agent, you, you're walking a thin line because you can choose to say yes to the enemy. I said you can choose to say yes to the enemy. And how many times have, have, have you did so? How many times have, have you been feeling like it was over and, and you 
yield to the enemy. I don't guess it's time now. No, you just yield to the enemy. If God told you he was going to do it, it is time. But you got to know your enemy. The enemy will put up a fight to make you think that God ain't going to do what he said. Get this. Even though the enemy know he is or he will. You can never walk in defeat when God has told you you have the victory. Remember 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, for we walk by, not by. And so here David has said in Psalm 23 and 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But then he tells us, I'm in a valley of the shadow of death. I'm battling depression, calamity. And I'm in a place where it seems like the enemy is winning. But then he turns around to let us know he, he's walking by faith. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. He in a bad place. But he didn't allow the situation he was in take over because of what he knew. I said because of what he knew. Say to your neighbor, I just don't come to church just to come to church. I come to church to get some knowledge and understanding. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know something. Yeah, they turned me down, but they don't know what I know. Yeah, they said I couldn't have it and, and I might as well forget, but they don't know what I know. Folk that telling you you're not going to make it, they don't know who you know. They don't know what you know. Even sometimes you have to tell yourself, your flesh that's trying to rise up. Settle down, flesh. You don't know what I know. Say to your neighbor, what you know about this season and about your God is the thing that's going to change your life and your circumstances for the better. You believe that? Give God the praise. I'm going to make it because of what I know. I'm going to come through because of what I know. I'm going to get it even though they said I can't have it because of what I know. And who I know. Daniel so understood it to where he penned, those that know their God shall be strong and carry out exploits. They're going to do unheard of things. They're going to do what Paul later stated to the church. He said, eyes have not seen, neither ear heard what God has prepared for those that love him. Love equates obedience. As long as you walk in God's word, some things going to happen to you that's going to cause mouths to fly open. Things going to happen for you that's going to cause eyes to become because they're going to look and they're going to know that God is with you. They're going to know without question that God had to do it for you because it was no way you could do it on your own. 
Woo, aren't you glad about what you know? Woo, aren't you glad you know what certain doctors don't know? Certain lawyers don't know? Certain bankers don't know? Aren't you glad you know what season you're in? Aren't you glad you know how powerful your God is? Aren't you glad you know that God loves his children and he will move mountains, he will move hills, he will move waters just to get a blessing to his children? Moses got to the point to where when he came to the Red Sea, he didn't have the capacity to get all the folks that were with him across. But Moses knew his God. And Moses just simply asked God, what in the world am I going to do now? God said, I want you to take that stick that you got and just stretch it at Whoa, Watch me move on your behalf. Don't ever give up when you run out of a means of escape. Know that your God will pull you through no matter what it looks like. It can look like a dead end, but it's not a dead end when it comes to God. Some of y'all ain't ready for that. I said some of y'all ain't ready for it. Say to your neighbor, what you know is very important. What you know will change your life for the better. I told my supervisor years ago, he, he said, well, you can't work on Sunday. Say, didn't you tell me they were giving you $25 at that little church you, you preach at? I said, yeah. I said, but you don't know who I know. I said, he going to take care of me. I may not have, I may not get what I'm making here at the job in the next year, in the next two years, in the next three years. But sooner or later, my God is going to cause what I make here in one week to be given to me in one day. Woo! Look at your neighbor and say, and God did just that. And since that time, he has done exceeding abundantly above what I ask. Of what I think. It's important to understand what you know is significant. It's powerful. I'm in a valley of the shadow of death. But I shall fear no evil. No, I'm not going to fear no evil. It's just not going to happen. Because when you're in a low place, one of the first things that attacks you is fear. When you don't have the means to take care of your children, to take care of your household, one of the first spirits that show up to attack you, to depress you, to oppress you is fear. But you have to remember, child of God, according to 2 Timothy 1, 7 and following, that God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear going to come. You can't stop that. It's a part of life. But you don't have to allow fear to control your choices. You don't have to allow fear to dictate to you what you should and should not do. You got to keep your mind stayed upon good. You got to keep your mind stayed upon God. Matter of fact, I got to show you this. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't even going to quote this. I got to show you something. Lord, I'm getting happy. Let me put on my glasses though, with my happy self. Go with me to Romans, the 12th chapter. Woo, Lord, have mercy. This is to make somebody beside me happy. I'm, I'm, I'm already happy because I know what I'm going to read. But you don't know it, but you soon going to be happy because fear been messing with some folk. But it's time for you to put a whipping on fear like you've never put a whipping on fear. Go with me to Romans, the 12th chapter, and we're going to consider verse 21. Lord, have mercy. Stay with me, happy people. 
Romans the 12th chapter. You ready? Do not. Romans 12 and 21. Do not be, help me. By what? Don't let it overcome you. Don't let it overpower you. Don't let evil put a whipping on your mind. A whipping on your being. Do not be overcome. Help me. But overcome evil with good. Evil is messing with your finances. Overcome it by continuing to give God his tithes and his offering. Evil is coming against you on the job through one of your co-workers or through your supervisor, go to that job and you treat that person nice, treat them kind, despite how ugly, how nasty they have been to you. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Good, in one sense, equates that which pertains to God. Overcome your evil or evil that's attacking you with good or with God's word because evil don't play. Now you're going to have to fight evil and, and notice the verse evil coming to get you. Evil is coming to overpower you. Evil ain't coming just to knock at the door and sit down and have coffee, which evil is coming to try to mess up your mind, to try to change your life for the worse. And if you're going to deal with evil, whether it's coming from your sister, from your brother, from your mammy, from your uncle, from your cousin, or from your best friend, you have got to put good on evil in order to whip it. That's the reason you don't react when, when, when you hear folks been talking about you. You don't, you don't just initially react about that. Let them talk. You know, he think he's something. Let them talk. Let them talk. Even though you can say something, I am something. No, no, no. Don't even get in there with him. Don't even get in that conversation with him. You just keep doing good. Matter of fact, God will let you say something sometimes that, that it'll shock folk when you say it. They'll be, they'll be talking about you and say something smart and then you turn around and agree with them. Well, I guess you got that car because of such a... Yeah, you're right. They'll be like, he agreed with that? Overcome evil with what? Overcome evil with whether somebody talking about you, talking to you, or whether you're going through something, just do good. I'm going to tell you something. One of the worst things I see in the church from saints. I know y'all happy you've been laughing with me, but now I've just got to say this. But I appreciate you laughing with me, being happy with me. But, but this is so sad right here. Especially with young saints. They get to going through financial trials, you know, and just all kind of evil is just happening. And, you know, the first thing they do, stop giving God his tithes and offering. And they want you to help them. I, I, I said, look, I said, now, all this evil happening, and I said, uh, and you stop giving to God? I said, why you do that? Well, I just needed to use. Who told you you need to use? I said, so now you want me to help you, but you've been robbing God. I said, now you tell me biblically, should I help you? Now you're going to talk about me as a preacher, as your pastor, but you tell me biblically, should I help you? And if you can tell me biblically, I should help you, I'll help you. You can't help nobody that God done put no curse on. You hurting them. If you, if you come to your pastor or you come to, to the deacons for help and you've been robbing God, they can't help you. 
they'll put a curse on the church. I don't understand. Yeah, you do understand that. Malachi 3, you done heard that a, a, lo- a lot of times. You are cursed with the Why? Because you have robbed me. You know how dangerous it is to help somebody that God done put a curse on? And they'll talk about you. Say all kind of evil. You know, I went to the pastor, and the, the pastor Walker didn't help you? No, he didn't help me. I tell, yeah, tell them the whole truth. Tell them why he didn't help you. Because you got a curse on you. Now repent, do right. You can be helped. But as long as you're on the curse, oh no. I done lost my happy people. Let me show you something. Lord have mercy. Y'all stay with me. Lord have mercy. I know I'm taking a lot of time. No, no, no. I got to hurry. Go with me to Job 1 and 1. Job 1 and 1. Lord have mercy. This is just so wonderful. We got to get there, but this is wonderful. Y'all probably already there. Job 1 and 1. There was a man in the land of Uz. Job 1 and 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless, upright, and one who feared God and shunned what? He, get this. He deliberately avoided evil. It, let me just break it down to you. If he knew, forgive me, L. L. Jackson was evil, he wouldn't go around him. Period. He wouldn't go around him. He deliberately, intentionally avoided evil. If he knew they wouldn't do it in the house, I ain't going over there. You know everybody else going to be over there. Them your folk. You ain't going to. No. Because I know what they're going to be doing. Oh, so you too good to go over to your folk. No, I didn't say I was too good to go to my folk. out, But I know what them folk going to be doing. And so I'm going to deliberately not go. Tell them I ain't coming. Because I know what they're going to be doing. He shone evil. Sister, I'm going to quit coming over here talking to you. I'm going to tell you why I'm going to quit talking. Every time I come here talking to you, you want to talk about folk in the church. But I want to let you know right now the reason I ain't going to come over here no more is because you evil. And I'm going to do Joe one and one. I'm going to deliberately stop coming over here. Don't call me. Don't text me. Until you get right. He shone what? Evil. And, and see, when, when you shone evil or people that just practice evil... This is what they're going to do. Oh, he thinks he's too good for us. Oh, oh, he, he that's, that's the high man, right? That's high, 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 Call it whatever you want. But I got my scripture. How many understand? Because evil is going to come, but you got to know how to deal with evil. Remember, according to Joe 1 and 1, you shine it. According to Romans 12 and 21, you do good. I'm going to tell you something. If you keep backsliding, nine times out of ten, it's because you keep hanging or doing what you ain't got no business doing. Which is evil. Evil is nothing to play with. Y'all all right? Let's go further. 
David not only knew that he didn't have to fear evil because of God, but he turned around after that and, and said, I know my shepherd is with me. Look at Psalm 23 and 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for I know you are help me. You with me. You with me. Personal relationship. I don't just feel you, you with me. How many you don't have to just come to church for God to be with you? Wherever you go, you know he's with you. God told me to watch a rock. Watch out for a rock one day. I was rolling on my, on my lawnmower. Got this standing on lawnmower. It, it'll, I mean, it'll just go. And I was just riding and riding and riding. And, and, and God, or the Holy Spirit said, slow down. And uh, I slowed down. I knew it was him talking to me. And it was a big rock. You know, because in grass you can't see. Especially when you're rolling. I was rolling. Slow down. And there it was. A rock. And just that, just him telling me that right there. You know what I knew? You with me. Lord, I, I, I messed up yesterday. But I, I am so, so glad that you didn't leave me. You, you're still with me. Oh, don't let that you don't mess up someday. You, but you need to know that, hey, I messed up, but he's still with me. Lord have mercy. Y'all stay with me. Let me show you this. Uh, Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. I'm closing. I'm getting ready to close. Deuteronomy is, is uh, book number five, I think. Deuteronomy 31. Is where we want to go. Ready? Verse 8. This is what Moses said to, to God's people. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be, help me. He will not leave you, nor do not fear. Nor be what? He with you. You ain't got no business to fear. Even if he allows something to happen, that thing or that demon can only do what he allows. He's with you. He's with you. And he talks to you. He shows you he's with you. That's where you got to remain calm because if you're calm, if you're in that place where you can hear him, he'll talk to you. You can be going through something in your body and God will talk to you. I got so weak one day and I said, good, good. And I kept drinking water. And, and um, it seemed like even though I was drinking water, I, I continued to be weak. But then I heard that voice. He said, look, this is what you need to do. And I did exactly what he told me to do. Get this. He told me that my body, I ain't going to tell you what it, what it, what exactly what, what I did, but he told me your body need a certain thing. What was it, Pastor? Not your bed, but, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway. He said your body needs a certain thing. I mean, he made the body, right? He made the body. And I said, Lord. He said, yeah, he said, you take this and say you... You, when you take it, you do this. There wasn't no alcohol. Don't y'all think? Pastor, one day, pa- no. That, I say God told me. But anyway, when, when I did it, within minutes, my body felt completely renewed. But he told me. He told me that. God directs your what? Path. Proverbs 3 and 
five and following. But see, you have to be to the point where you know that he is with you. He is with you. Amen? Amen. I know you are with me. And then he finally says, your rod and your staff comfort me. Your rod and your staff. Because remember now, we're talking about God being a shepherd. But of course, you know David wasn't talking about God takes that stick. Because a staff and a rod, basically a stick. He wasn't talking about he taking the stick and comforted him with no stick. No. He's using it in, in a figurative way. The rod and the staff in, in a figurative way. Your rod and your staff comfort me. What does that rod and that staff do in ways uh, in reference to comforting him? It helps and empowers him. See, David was one of the few folk in the Old Testament that had the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wasn't poured out on everybody like it, like it was after the day of Pentecost. There were only a few people that had the Holy Spirit. David, David so knew of the blessing of the Holy Spirit and God empowering him to where David messed up one time and he said to God, whatever you do, don't take your spirit away from me. He had witnessed how the Holy Spirit would help and empower him to deal with evil, trouble, and so forth in life. Why, why does the Holy Spirit, according to the Old and the New Testament, empower you? There are some things you're going to face in life. You're going to have to have some power to deal with. There are some folk in life. You're going to have to have some power. Folk. David, David saw how the wicked was prospering before he became wealthy. And he said he almost fainted. He, get this. He almost gave up. He almost changed sides. Like folks do in our day and time. Folk will quit God in order to get money. Folks will compromise their standards in order to get wealth. David said, I almost fainted. I almost gave up when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. But then he said, then I went into the house of God. And God revealed to him their ending. And he said, the wicked are just like the grass of the field. How it flourishes and then it withers. There was a man by the name of Teddy Pendergrass. Some of y'all don't even know him. He was a minister. Get this. He was a minister. He was a minister. Then he left ministry to go singing. Go singing R and B. What? Y'all don't know Teddy Pendergrass? Young folks on there like, who that? Get this. He was flourishing. He was flourishing. Doing basically whatever he felt like he needed to do. To the point to where he started even getting into alcohol and so forth and so on. Doing this, that, and the other. Even to the point to where he started sleeping with men. Driving. A car one day with a man that looked like a woman. He did. Paralyzed. Flourished. Damn. Man by the name of Marvin Gaye. I've talked about him a lot. Y'all have heard me say it. 
reared in the church, but then left the church. When he died, died in almost $10 million of debt. When he died, didn't have any property except a house that his parents stayed in. He died in debt. After flourishing, boom. George Jefferson. Sherman. What's his last name? Flourish. When he died, when, they, when people finally located him, he was in a little, a little house. Looked like a shack. Flourish down. What was his beginning? In the church. In the church. Again, David said, I almost fainted. But then when I, I saw it, and, and this is a sad thing. When, when, when you look at a lot of people that, that start, you'll see the same exact thing. There was a preacher. I'm, I'm getting ready to close it. There was a preacher by the name of C.L. Franklin. Preacher. C.L. Franklin was, was a type of preacher. He, did, he didn't care if you played in the church on Sunday. Went to the club and did whatever the rest of the week. He had a daughter sing in church. But then he found out that his daughter could sing R and B and make money. He pushed her. He became her manager initially. He's talking about a preacher. His end and her end. Of course, hers is more recent. Flourishing. Come down. When she passed in millions of debt. David said, I saw it. They flourish and they come down. You never stop allowing God to comfort you with his rod. and He assists you and he empowers you. And get this, sometimes he'll assist you by the, the same literal way a shepherd does with a sheep. When, he, when a sheep is about to get into something that it has no business getting in, he'll, he'll take that hook that's on, that's on that stick and just pull that sheep out. And sometimes God see that we're about to get in something we ain't got no business getting in. Hold on, hold your claps. And he'll assist her. Walker, you don't need to do that right there. Now, if I ignore him and do it anyhow, I'm going to reap what I sow. Lord of mercy. I'm going to stop right there. Lord of mercy. <laughs>